What's up, everybody? It's the Alex Leak and Friends NFL Podcast back for another week. It's the 2018 offseason, week three. I've got the crew with me. I got David Stoyo in Canada. What's up? And I got Gavin Heslop in Oregon. Hello, hello. And uh, we got tons to talk about this week, all kinds of news breaking in the NFL. We're going to start with Gavin's team, the Detroit Lions, uh, franchise tag Ziggy Anza, their star defensive end. Um, it's a 17.5 mil franchise tag. Last season he had 12 sacks, 44 tackles through 14 games. Their GM, Bob Quinn, calls it a, quote, easy decision. And the team has until July 16 if they want to offer Anza a long-term contract. Um, Gavin, do you believe this is a good move for your team going forward? Yeah, I think that was the right move. Um, he's that has dealt with a little bit of injuries, but I think he's got a lot of potential still. He's only 28, so uh, he's still got a couple years ahead of him. Um, and you, uh, you need to keep your um, keep some pressure on the quarterback as much as possible. And he's really the only uh, decent pass rusher that the Lions has. And your 12 sacks isn't record-breaking by any means, but it's still uh, really good for only 14 games. So uh, you can't sign him to a long-term deal. You need to make sure and uh, keep him around and try and uh, keep him motivated and possibly try and re-sign him even this offseason to uh, something for the next uh, three or four years. Yeah, he's been a pain in our ass in the NFC North. Um, he's a pretty good pass rusher. I think, I believe he had six sacks the final two games of the year. So if he he's, his upside is crazy. Um, Stoyo, what do you make of Ziggy Anza uh, in the division? I'm not too worried about him. I think he's not that good anymore. He's over the hill. Those injuries just cut up to him. I think he's very fortunate that he got uh, six sacks in the last two games, as you mentioned, when the, play, when, uh, the season was pretty much over for the Lions. So those last two games are really going to make him a lot of money. Yeah. So perfect timing to pick up to the two best game of the season for yourself. Um, Gavin, there's also a report that the Lions are considering shopping tight end Eric Ebron. Um, are you, as a Lions fan, are you prepared to let him go, or would you like to see him stay? Um, I, I'm totally fine with him leaving. Um, I... He has all the potential, and he's shown uh, sparks of brilliance. But unless we can sign him to a to a you know a small to small low medium end deal, um, I don't think he's worth paying any big money. Um, he hasn't been a huge part of our offense, um, so I don't I don't see the I'm not too worried about him personally. Yeah. Um, but I'd, I'd like to keep him around because I do think he has talent and definitely potential. But uh, if it not at the cost of signing you know, some depth at another position or uh, signing a big free agent. If you were going to replace Eric Ebron, would you want the Lions to take a look at uh, Seahawks tight end Jimmy Graham? Uh, I would not, actually. <laughs> um, I think he's going to command too much money. Yeah. Um, so I, uh, it kind of falls under the same, um, same umbrella for me. If it costs too much money, I don't want I don't want someone that uh, that doesn't produce, and that's kind of been uh, Jimmy Graham ever since he left New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, not a great run blocking tight end. Um, in my opinion, we talked about uh, AJ McCarron recently on the podcast and uh, where he might end up and if he's starting quarterback material. In my opinion, I think uh, it's pretty much a done deal that A.J. McCarron is going to go to the Browns. Uh, he's got ties to head coach Hugh Jackson when he was in Cincy. And this would be an upgrade at quarterback from Deshaun Kaiser. Um, and I would also draft a quarterback and uh, have him sit behind McCarron. Uh, the Browns GM also said that they are open to trading the number one overall pick. Um... Stoyo, would you do you think AJ McCarron would be a good fit in Cleveland, and what would you do to uh, fix the Browns going forward? To fix the Browns, I would assign Kirk Cousins. I would throw everything in the kitchen sink at Cousins, and I'll convince your left tackle to come back, 
and draft Barkley as the number one overall pick. Yeah. Um, then you have a great running back, a great lineman, and a good QB. Yeah, I think that would be a good move on their part. Um, Gavin, do you think that A.J. McCarron could be starting caliber in the NFL if he was, especially in the Browns with Hugh Jackson? Um, I'm not sold on him. Um, I think that he would be a um, he'd be a pretty good bridge quarterback for you know a uh, you know rookie that they draft this year. Um, I wouldn't if if I were the Browns organization, I wouldn't put my faith in someone that has NFL experience like that and hasn't uh, hasn't shown terribly brightly. Um, he's not he hasn't been awful by any means. Um, but he hasn't, um, I don't think he's wowed teams. Otherwise, I feel like there'd be more more offers and more rumors surrounding him. Yeah. Um, I'd rather I'd rather put my future, the, a Browns a team that has been, I don't think they've had a good starting quarterback in my lifetime. So they need to get that position uh, taken care of. And so I would, I would say you either uh, go for one of the higher end free agents this offseason or draft one of these quarterbacks in the draft and um, and hope that they pan out. Uh, I'd, I'd rather miss on one of these rookies than miss on a um, on a, one of these free agents that's you know been a flash in the pan or hasn't even shown that much but just has potential. Yeah. Um, so See? I definitely think if they're able to get a quarterback before the draft, that would be the best because then they can get Barkley. I totally agree with Stoyo. Um, that would be the way to go because then you can get um, get a solid running game. They've got some good receivers there, and uh, you know Corey Coleman and the guy whose name I can't remember who kept getting busted for weed from Baylor. Josh Gordon. That's the guy. Yeah. Um, they've got some talent there on the offensive side of the ball. They can get a, a solid running game. They got Joe Thomas at left tackle. We're assuming he's supposed to announce here in the next couple of days what his plan is, unless he's done it already and I missed it. Um, but they, if they can solidify the quarterback position and somehow get Barkley, um, that would be best-case scenario for Cleveland. Well, that being said, um, you know, they have the one and four picks and uh, open the trading one. So do you believe, Gavin, you're saying you would believe or you would trust one of these rookie quarterbacks coming out over someone like, not even McCarron, but someone like Case Keenum or Teddy Bridgewater, you would rather have you'd rather draft one of these rookies. Uh, it depends on what kind of deal you can get. Like if you can sign, you know, McCarron or Keenum, uh, or you trade for Foles for something that doesn't involve your, one of your first round picks, um, and sign them to something like a two three year deal where you're not you're not handicapped by that contract. Um, then I would go with one of those because you don't want to sign Case Keenum to $25 million a year and find out that he's just as bad as he was everywhere except for uh, Minnesota. So yeah. I, I would rather have someone where you're stuck with a – you've got four years with a rookie contract. That's not a ton of money. Even the first overall pick these days isn't – you know, it's not $15, 16000000 million a year like it was you know, back when Stafford and Bradford were drafted. Um, so – I wouldn't mind. That's the biggest reason I think. One, they're they're unknown, but you can get them on the cheap, and so you're not handicapped by that contract. And there's, um, I guess they're unknown, but I feel like there's more, more chance of finding something that you might not have expected than you would with one of these guys that hasn't been able to break into a starting role, um, unless Andy Dalton gets hurt and Ted, Teddy Bridgewater gets hurt. You know, th- these are situations that we're talking about here. Yeah, and so. Um, if they couldn't do it in camp and they, they played well in the season, uh, that doesn't convince me. You sound a lot like I did last year at this time when the Bears were bringing in Mike Glennon. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. The Speaking of a, a former Browns quarterback, Stoyo, free agent quarterback Johnny Manziel says in a Twitter qu- post, Quote, I'll play again for free. It's not about the money. It's about getting back to doing what I miss and love. He also says he's willing to take a league minimum salary and start on the practice squad to prove his worth and recommitment to the game. 
Um, Stoyo, are you rooting for Manziel to have a comeback to the league? And do you think it's worth a team bringing him on as like a third-string quarterback this year? I wish him all the success that he can have in the Canadian Football League or the XFL. <laughs> he is not coming back to professional football. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, what do you think on that, Gavin? I just I have a hard time believing that he's going to be able to come back um, and and be a starting quarterback. He wasn't, but even when he was playing, he wasn't that great. Um, I don't know that having how many years he's been out of the league now. Two years, three years. Yeah, something like um, that. So I just don't see. Yeah, 2014 he was drafted. So I don't see someone that wasn't that great when when he first came out when he had been truly playing football for the last two, three years, you know, at a high level. He couldn't play in the NFL then. I'm not sure how, you know, two, three years removed is going to have helped him in any way. I know he said he's willing to work up, and uh, I've got nothing against the guy. I hope that, you know, it'd be a great story if he would come back. But if I have to um, be a realist, I just don't see it happening. Yeah, I'm going to be rooting for him. I think that... He needs, uh, he seems to be in a different spot mentally. He seems to be coming at it from the point that I'm going to prove everything, start at the bottom and try to rebuild my career. I think that it's a good place to be. I think that, you know, he's, he's driven. He's trying to start over. It's good that he's finally seems to have his shit together, but, uh, we'll see if an NFL team wants to, you know, give him a chance. Uh, it's a tough, Uproad Hill. I mean, he had lots of opportunity before, and he kind of blew that. So he's got a tough road ahead of him. We'll see how that goes. Um, the Kurt Cousins sweepstakes continues to go on. Um, there's been reports that it's down to two teams between the Vikings and Jets that the Broncos bailed on it because of too much money. Um, Cousins has been a full-time starter for the Redskins the past three seasons. During that time, he's ranked top 10 in the NFL in passing yards, passer rating, and touchdowns. On a Twitter poll we did, um, saying the best fit for Kirk Cousins finished with 12 votes. 67% picked the Vikings. Broncos and Jets were tied with 17%. And somehow the Browns posted a negative 1%. <laughs> um, There's only the Browns can as only the Browns could do. Um, Gavin, what do you think of? Uh, do you think Cousins is most most likely going to the Vikings? I think that if his concern really is about winning, like he said, and it's not about the money, um, then I think he's going to end up in Minnesota. Uh, yeah. Out of the, all the teams that have um, have or can get the cap space and also are needing uh, a quarterback and have a chance to win. I think that the Vikings are definitely the best fit. They have the cap space to sign him now, and they're needing a starting quarterback as all three of their current quarterbacks are free agents. So I think that's the best fit there if he really cares about winning. If it's about the money, that guy needs to go to Cleveland. I'm telling you right now, if he wants the money, don't go to New York. Go to Cleveland. They've got two first-round draft picks. They can draft uh, Saquon Barkley. They've already got... Gordon and Coleman, like I've already mentioned. Yeah. Uh, they got Joe Thomas protecting your blind side. They can spend the other pick on a defensive player. Um, and you could be the you'd be a god in Cleveland just by signing that contract. You wouldn't have to step on the field. And if you can actually turn that team around, even get them to the playoffs, you would be immortalized in that city for the rest of your life. Yeah, this to me just is it's kind of weird that the Browns aren't bigger players in this and it seems like another typical Cleveland move when you got a quarterback of this caliber out there on the free agent market for anyone to pick up. Maybe they don't believe in themselves that that a star quarterback would actually go to their team, but if I were the Browns, I'd be going all out for a guy like Kirk Cousins. What do you think, Stoyle? I think if I was a GM of an NFL franchise that needs a QB, I would definitely sign Cousins. Yeah, I like him a lot more. He's still in his prime. Would you rather bet your championship window on a top 10 QB or risk it on a first-round rookie 
that who could develop, who may not develop. Out of those top five incoming freshmen, I believe that Cousins is much better. Yeah. So I would definitely prefer to overpay him than having to trade up and uh, draft one of those uh, new QBs coming into the league. Yeah, and uh, I hope that he doesn't end up in our division because that'll be a tough out. With that defense, Dalvin Cook coming back, and then you throw Cousins on that team. That's a crazy team and would be contenders just like that. Lots of news out here in Seattle. Uh, crazy week for them. The Seahawks trade Pro Bowl defensive end Michael Bennett and a seventh-round pick to the Eagles for wide receiver Marcus Johnson and a fifth-round pick. Um, the Seahawks are also set to release star corner Richard Sherman in the next couple days, and they're also believed to be shopping star free safety Earl Thomas. Um, part of the reason that the Seahawks felt comfortable moving on from Bennett was that they are believing in defensive end Deion Jordan, who only played five games last season but registered four sacks in those games. Um, there seems to be a defense that's somewhat rebuilding. Uh, seems to be Sheldon Richardson on the way out. Jeremy Lane just got cut. Lots of moving parts in Seattle. PTI's Kornheiser and Mike Wilbon predicted that Seattle's going to go 6-10 and 10 at best next season, which is quite a drop-off. Um, Stoyo, what do you make of all the Seahawks moves? I don't understand them. I think they're a few years too early. I think you deserve to give this team one more chance instead yeah. of closing your, your championship window in the offseason. Last year, you came a game within of making the playoffs with a lot of injuries. Yeah. I think you should have given it at least one more shot and lose in the playoffs at least one more time. You're about to waste Russell Wilson's prime, and this is not the correct time to rebuild. Go at least once more. Yeah, it's kind of surprising to me, like you said, with all the injuries last year. But uh, it's kind of crazy that um, Michael Bennett at the end of the year last year said he didn't expect to be back. Earl Thomas was seen uh, talking to the Cowboys head coach saying, come and get me. And Richard Sherman was telling people before it was broke that he was leaving and he was going to be gone. It's almost like... These guys saw it coming before it happened. Gavin, what do you make of all the moves going on in Seattle? Yeah, it's all happened all so fast that you know, Bennett was gone. The rumors about um, about uh, Sherman oh and Thomas. Yeah, Sherman and Thomas all leave him, I and these are these are key parts of their uh, their defense, the Legion of Boom, that are suddenly you know supposedly not going to be you know, part of the team anymore. Um, and it's, I, I had no idea that Dion um, Jordan was even on the Seahawks. <laughs> he was such a, such a bust in Miami and anything after that. I'm kind of surprised he was able to amount to anything. Yeah. Um, but um, it's, I, I don't think Dion Jordan alone is going to be able to replace Michael Bennett. He was a great pass rusher, but even more than that, he was a great run stuffer. And um, I can't, uh, I can't imagine Jordan, given his size, is going to be able to fill that role uh, immediately. And the unfortunate thing about for the Seahawks is that if their defense falls apart, their offense is really going to rely on Russell Wilson and his ability to stay upright, which has been a struggle for them over the last two years. They've dealt with so many injuries um, to their offensive line. So um, they really were able to rely on their defense, even with the injuries last year. Um, they, they had to, given their the status of their the trenches on offense so it seems weird that they're shopping people and when news like this breaks that people are wanting to trade somebody um and everyone knows it that means you're going to get less for these individuals um as far as you know as far as your return and i know uh that uh bennett was a little bit older but they only got a fifth round pick and a receiver that hardly anyone will have ever heard of even so when you talk about a guy with that kind of talent and that's the only return that you get, um, you, you gotta, you're not going to get you know, a first and a third for Richard Sherman or Earl Thomas like some of these people might expect because if people know they're wanting to get rid of them, they're, they're not, or if they're possibly going to release them like the rumor is with Sherman, 
um, they're going to get pennies on the dollar for their value. So it'll be interesting to see um, where these players end up. And I hope for, for their sake, for players of their talent caliber, that they end up on winning teams and actually, or they all go to Cleveland and <laughs> turn that franchise around, one or the other. Yeah, a fun fact on the Bennett move, I heard that uh, the Patriots actually offered more, offered a better draft compensation for him, but they sent him to Philly. I I believe the uh, plan was to team up the Bennett brothers in New England, and then once the Michael Bennett trade fell through, they uh, moved on from Martellus Bennett. Patriots also getting rid of him. Um, The Bears release linebacker Willie Young and then place the transition tag on Kyle Fuller at 13 mil. Um, Stoyo, are you happy that the Bears are keeping Fuller and moving on from Young? Yeah, I mean, he's not the best um, QB out there, CB, and he could have made a lot more interceptions because he definitely threw the ball at him last year. Yeah. But I'm happy that it wasn't the regular franchise tag, it was the transition tag, so he comes at a not a bad $13 million contract. So at least it gives him another year to build on this previous year. Yeah, I know that Pro Football Focus rated Kyle Fuller pretty high. You don't always see it visually on the game, and you like to see him get more interceptions. But... uh Pretty good at pass defenses and stuff like that. Uh, another guy, former Bears and Jets running back, Matt Forte, calls it a career. Offici- officially retiring from the NFL, Forte signs a one-day deal to retire a Chicago Bear. Um, all-time great. Stoyo, what do you make of Forte's career? The best Bears running back I ever witnessed playing yeah. live and probably the second best of running back in the franchise. Unfortunately, he came close to breaking 10,000 rushing yards, and I would have liked to see him reach that, but he came maybe a few hundred yards shy of that. Yeah. He could have played another couple seasons, but he decided to at least sign a one-day deal to retire as a Bear. Yeah, it's nice to see him show the Bears some love. I think that his body started to betray him towards the end. Too many injuries. Um, but a good long career and a lot of damage done in those years. Um, Gavin, what do you make of Forte retiring? I know you saw him play a lot being in the same division. Yeah, it's uh, um, I always had a lot of respect for him. Always uh, worried when the ball got in his hands. He could always uh, you know, make a big play. The ability to you know be almost as good a receiver out the backfield as he was between the tackles uh, always made you a little nervous seeing him back there. Um, but a lot of respect for him and his game, and uh, I like always like seeing players who spend the majority of their time in one city, um, but uh, finish it off at, even with these one day contracts. Yeah. Um, so a lot of respect for him, and uh, Father Time always wins, and unfortunately he happened to catch up with Forte now, so. Um, a lot of respect and sad to see him go, but uh, got to make room for all the young bucks. Yep, absolutely. And uh, Father Time usually comes a little quicker for these running backs, so glad to see him last in the league as long as he did. Another vet. Uh, go ahead. Let me just add something to this. Uh, Matt Forte in 10 seasons had four, over 1,400 yards of uh, total scrimmage, while AP. In the 11th season, had 14,000, and O.J. Simpson had 13,000. So Forte overpassed those guys in the last time. Nice. That's impressive. Another veteran uh, running back, the Panthers release Jonathan Stewart, um, expecting to provide a bigger role for running back Christian McCaffrey. Last season, the Panthers' leading rusher was Cam Newton with 754 yards. Um, Stoyo, do you believe Jonathan Stewart has anything left in the tank? Maybe he could go to a team like Seattle or something towards the end here? No, I don't think so. Yeah. A lot of years, a lot of mileage on his tires. Yeah, it was a good career, though. Yeah. What do you think, Gavin? Yeah, I, uh, I, again, I think it's a similar situation. you got a guy that's been playing for a really long time, 
and um, actually the same number of years as Forte. Um, he had 1,700 carries um, and even fewer than uh, Forte, actually. So that's um, probably due to him splitting time with D'Angelo Williams for the first five or six years of his career. But yeah, still a lot of carries under his belt. Uh, he's going to be 31 here in a few days. So you know, that's 30 is usually the, the, the clipping point for most uh, running backs that have uh, you know, started for a good number of years. So it'll be interesting to see if he's able to revitalize his career. Um, I know he's been visiting Seattle um, and done some talks of him going there. but um, He's got to be better I, than Lacey, right? <laughs> You would think, but just by default, I mean, I'm pretty sure Stoyer could be better than Lacey. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> um, the Dolphins wide receiver Jarvis Landry signs his franchise tag worth 16.2 mil. Miami gives his agent permission to seek a trade. And I think that teams like the Redskins or the 49ers could be good fits for Landry. Some good quarterbacks there. The Jaguars inform wide receiver Allen Robinson that he will not be franchise tagged. Jacksonville will have a week to sign him to a contract. Otherwise, Robinson will become a top-tier free agent. Um, Stoyo, is Allen Robinson someone that you would look at to possibly bring to Chicago to help with the receiving core for Trubisky? I'm not sure yet. Yeah. He's a great wide receiver but he's coming off of injury. And the team that has been helping him this entire time recover from that injury has been watching him for all this time, and that they choose not to sign him to a contract. Yeah. To me, that's a red flag. Yeah, with uh, with these guys like Allen Robinson, possibly Jarvis Landry, have been rumored to the Bears. I'll give you... Uh, a guy I wouldn't mind in Chicago would be uh, Jordan Matthews at wide receiver. I've always been a fan of that guy, going back to his days at, uh, I believe it was Vanderbilt. Um, Gavin, what do you make of Allen Robinson? Um, I think that he's still uh, got some good years ahead of him. He's talented. Um, he's only 25. So um, it'll be interesting to see him paired with a quarterback not named Blake Bortles. Mm-hmm. And seeing what he can do, um, I hope he doesn't go to the Bears. Yeah, um, I don't want Trubisky to have any weapons. <laughs> um, but uh, I think he's gonna he's gonna command a pretty high contract uh, when he does go because he's probably um, the best, if not second best, uh, free agent wide receiver out there right now since uh, since Landry has been franchised. Yeah, yeah, it was a good point. Um... Speaking of, you talked about it last week, Gavin, how you thought that it would be good for a guy like Odell Beckham to go to preseason, go to the training camp, you know, get reps with his team, especially a new coach. Um, speaking of that, the Steelers franchise tag running back Le'Veon Bell for 14.5 mil for 2018. Bell was seeking a long-term deal and responded that he will skip training camp and preseason. Uh, just like he did last year until he gets a deal and pretty much said he'll see see the team week one. Um, what do you make of Bell's uh, strategy here, um, not saying that he's not going to be around at all until week one? I think it's a pretty bad move. If you look at, uh, look at him last year and see how he looked in the first few weeks, 3.2, 3.2, 4.1, 4.1, and 3.1 yards per carry uh, in all of those games. Um, so I think that it's a bad move. And if you're looking to um, if you're looking to sign a big deal, whether it's with the Steelers or with a different team, uh, you need to show that you're willing to be a team player, willing to, to come in and make some sacrifices and, you know, put in the work that you need to be the best that you can be and you know, be as beneficial to your team as possible. Um, and I think, it's unfortunate that he's um, uh, be he's acting out in this way. Um, I I I am 100 behind him in wanting to get a long term deal, mm-hmm. but um, I think that uh, I just don't think this is the way to, to go about doing it. Yeah, it seems to be the new way of thinking with some of these guys. Like uh, if they don't get the deal they want, um, 
screw them. They're not going to go to any of the voluntary stuff, and they'll be there when the games, when it's mandatory, when the games officially start. Seems to be the new mindset. Stoyo, what do you make of Le'Veon Bell's decision? I understand it, but I don't think he's actually going to sit out till that time. Yeah. You it's think... going to cost him a lot of money. He's trying to get paid. You think he'll be at training camp? Uh, maybe not right away, but yeah, he will be there for the third game of the preseason, I believe. Nice. When is the main game where all the starters play? Yeah. Personally, I think he's the best running back in the league right now. Yeah. But it is hard to overpay for a back. To spend that much money from your salary cap. He is promised $14 million this year. And the second highest paid running back besides him will be LaShawn McCoy at $9 million. Wow. So that is a huge gap. And it is hard to win with... A great back nowadays. In the last eight Super Bowl, there was only one first round winning uh, running back, and that was Marshawn Lynch. Wow. Besides that, the starting running back have been an undrafted free agent, a fifth round pick, a fourth round pick, another undrafted, and a fifth round pick. Yeah, it's crazy the evolution of the running backs in the game. Um, not too many of them are going as high as they used to, and they're, it seems that you can get a pretty good option later on in the in the draft or even uh, undrafted. Um, the Rams making a ton of moves. we got to talk about the L.A. Rams. Uh, they trade Pro Bowl defensive end Robert Quinn to the Dolphins for an undisclosed draft pick. That's a cap-clearing cap move by the Rams. Quinn registered 32 tackles, 8.5 sacks, and two forced fumbles in 2017. The Rams also franchise tag safety LaMarcus Joyner, and that means that wide receiver Sammy Watkins will now be a free agent as well. Um, then the Rams also trade linebacker Alec Ogletree and a 7th-round pick to the Giants for a 4th and a 6th-round pick. Um... The Rams, like I said, the Rams have been really busy. The Rams also signed former Packers corner Sam Shields, attempting to come back from concussion issues. And then the big story in L.A., breaking news tonight, the Rams trade a fifth-round pick to the Broncos for corner Aqib Tlaib to go with Marcus Peters. That's a dynamic uh, two corners right there. They'll shut down the field. The Rams are officially moving on from corner Tremaine Johnson who they franchise tagged the last two seasons. Peters and Tlaib will, combined will make $4 million less than Johnson did last season at 16.7 mil. And, uh, yeah, let's, uh, Gavin, what do you make of these moves that the Rams are doing? And that puts a pretty nasty secondary in L.A. now. Yeah, especially if Sam Shields can stay healthy and um, stay unconcussed. Uh, you're talking about... Sam Shields, uh, Aqib Tlaib, and Marcus Peters um, as, your, that's crazy. as your three starting cornerbacks. That's that's uh, pretty insane. Um, so if it, yeah, if uh, if those guys can all stay healthy, they they got a pretty formidable secondary. Um, it's kind of strange to see them trade uh, their the captain of their defense, Alec Ogletree. Yeah, um, but he's uh, kind of been up and down. Um, he's shown he has a lot of talent, and he's shown. Um, shown that at times, and then you've seen him miss some easy tackles. Um, so as they traded up for him to pick him in the first round uh, the year he was drafted um, and definitely deserved it, but um, hasn't played up to that talent according to them because they traded him for essentially a, they got a fourth and sixth round pick for him, which isn't much for the captain of your defense. Um, and also to lose Robert Quinn is a bit surprising to me. Um guy has been really talented first round pick the lions could have had other than that ebron guy we'll <laughs> talk about that anymore um but a bit of a shocking move to me to trade him away um yes yeah. it'll be interesting to see uh, who they plan on replacing him with yep um Stoyo, what do you make of the rams and all this moves i mean peters and talib now that's a crazy secondary yeah, I like it a lot. It seems that the Seattle Seahawks have passed 
the torch to the LA Rams for the NFC West. Yeah. I think this is the end of the Legion of Boom, and now I think I have to come up with a nickname for that sick defense. Yeah, no, you're you're putting on a on the on the field. You're putting Aaron Donald, uh, Talib, Marcus Peters, Todd Gurley on the other side of the ball. There's a lot of uh, skilled players there. Plus, you got Wade Phillips at DC. That could be a definite recipe for success. Uh, Stoyo, what do you make of this? Uh, Pro Football Talks Mike Florio tweets, quote, So if Akib Talib rips someone's chain off, will Marcus Peters then throw it in the stands? <laughs> 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 but uh, how far do you think the Rams can go with this, uh, with this core? They definitely can go to the NFC Championship game and battle for a place in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And the NFC West just continues to get better. Um, the Bills have agreed to sec a two-year deal with running back Chris Ivory from Jacksonville um, to help boost their running back situation. The Eagles say that quarterback Nick Foles is available, but they would like uh, at least a first-round pick in return. Um, Gavin, where do you think would be a good fit for Nick Foles? Um, that's that's tough, especially for a first-round pick. Um, yeah. Most of the teams that are needing a quarterback right now are probably picking relatively high. Uh, I wonder if the the Eagles are willing to take a first-round pick in a later draft, uh, possibly next year's draft, because if they could. If, if a team that needs a quarterback were able to acquire Foles this year, you know that you would assume that that first-round pick would um, lose some value. So yeah. it'd be interesting to see uh, what happens there. I don't know what's going on with uh, with Tyrod Taylor and whether he's still going to be in Buffalo or not. But Buffalo could be a good uh, spot for for Foles. Um, he's got you know a good running game there in McCoy. He's got a talented receiver in Kelvin Benjamin to throw to. Um, and got a pretty good offensive line there, so that would be a pretty good spot for him. Uh, Denver could be another good spot. They're going to need a quarterback, and if they're out of the Kirk Cousins race, uh, they'll look for a cheaper option. Um, and they're, uh, they're a pretty good team of, uh, you know, uh, before they traded to keep to leave away, so maybe maybe not so much now as their, their defense is starting to fall apart a little bit. But uh, that could be another spot, another team that needs a quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. I could see Nick Foles also being in the hunt for the Arizona Cardinals job. Um, and uh, Case Keenum is also a guy out there looking for a, a spot in one of those teams as well. Um, free agent DN Mo Muhammad Wilkerson visits the Green Bay Packers. It's the last thing we want to hear. Um, the Patriots release tight end Martellus Bennett, freeing up $6 million in cap room. And the Titans have released running back DeMarco Murray and will go forward with Derrick Henry as their lead back. So it'll be interesting to see where those guys end up. Stoyo, what do you make of this quote? ESPN's Max Kellerman says the Colts should trade rehabbing quarterback Andrew Luck to the Browns. Cleveland giving up four draft picks, including two first rounds. Uh, he says it would be an instant rebuild for Indy. And an instant franchise quarterback for Cleveland. Does, it, you, does that sound like a good idea to you, Stoyle? Not when he is hurt. Yeah. You cannot give that many picks away on someone that might be back. That would be a typical Cleveland move right there. Yeah. What do you think, Gavin? Yeah, I had a conversation with my coworkers today about this, actually. Um, and I completely agree with Stoyle. I think it'd be, it'd be stupid for Cleveland to trade for a... Uh, for a quarterback that's you know that might not be coming back, and I think it would be equally as stupid for the Colts to trade away a quarterback uh, of Andrew Luck's caliber that is not hurt. Um, they go into rebuilding mode, but how many quarterbacks do we see come out of the draft and are not good? Yeah. We see quarterbacks go to different teams and are not good. Um, you have, and we know that quarterback is the most important position in the NFL. You have a top five quarterback when healthy, and you're willing to trade him away for any amount of picks. There's, it's, it's not enough. Yeah. Uh, we saw, we saw 
the Redskins trade three first rounders to move up and get um, oh Robert Griffin the third, and he didn't turn out. And look at where that fran- that franchise would be in an even worse spot than it is now if Kirk Cousins didn't happen to turn out, which nobody saw coming because he didn't get drafted in the first round. Uh, I don't care what anyone says; no one saw this coming. So they got lucky. They got bailed out by a lucky quarterback draft. Otherwise, they would be drafting in the top five every year, just like Cleveland is now. Uh, you don't trade a franchise quarterback. Um, it's it's one of the dumbest things you can do in the NFL. Yeah, I completely agree. If you have a franchise quarterback, keep him. That, that's like gold in the NFL. Regardless. How does Chargers, how does Drew Brees, Super Bowl, when in your Orleans fields? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Um, all right, let's get to some combine NFL combine performances. Um, Penn State running back Saquon Barkley impresses, generating some serious buzz. He was projected to go around the number the four spot, but after an impressive combine, uh, a lot of people have him going two to the Giants and possibly even going number one overall to the Cleveland Browns. Um, Barkley ran a four four forty, and uh, at six foot two thirty three. Um, he's only the second running back that size to run that good a time. Um, Saquon is attempting to become the first running back taken with the number one overall pick since another Penn State running back, Kai Jana Carter, in 1995 by the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, Gavin, would you consider taking Saquon Barkley with the number one overall pick? Absolutely. Yeah. Def- I definitely would, um, especially considering that Cleveland has the number four pick as well. Um, unless they are really sold on one of the quarterbacks in this draft and they're convinced that he is their franchise quarterback, um, I would take Barkley with that uh, first overall pick. Um, as, as Again, assume that they put someone other than Deshaun Kaiser behind center for them with that fourth overall pick or able to sign somebody in free agency. Um, you need to surround your quarterback with talent, and you're not going to find a better help in this draft than Saquon Barkley. Yeah, I think if you're Cleveland and you want to change your identity and you want to change, you know, get rid of the 0-16 thoughts, what better way to do that than to draft a quarterback and a running back that high in the draft, and those are your two future stars to build around going forward, and the last year's a complete distant memory. Then, uh, Stoyo, are you uh, on the same page? Do you think Saquon Barkley is uh, a good investment at the number one overall pick? Absolutely. Yeah. He really sold me at the combine. He's an elite running back, one of the best prospects in the last 20 years or so. So if I was Cleveland, I would make him the number one pick for sure. Nice. Either sign uh, Cousins and draft a tackle or then sign a rookie at number four QB. But Shaquan Barkley is one great, great prospect. And you want to draft someone elite regardless of position. Yep. Best player available. Yep. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Somehow I see Cleveland messing it up. Uh, and ending up with a quarterback. We'll see what they do at the number one overall pick. We'll see how they handle the situation, but... Regardless, Barkley looks like a transcendent player in this league, a guy who could really impact on the field. Um, UCF linebacker Shaquem Griffin runs a 4.3840, flying past his competition. It's the fastest 40 time for a linebacker since 2006, and the same 40 time as his brother, Seahawks corner Shaquille Griffin, who's a cornerback, by the way, linebacker and corner with the same 40 time. Shaquem also impresses in the bench press and uh, is attempting to become the first one-handed player in the NFL's modern era. Gavin, are you sold on uh, Shaquem Griffin being able to impact on the field uh, even despite having a hand, one hand? Yeah, I don't think that the, the lack of hand uh, alone is enough to keep him off the field. Yeah. Uh, Jason Pierre-Paul... Paul Pierre, whatever his last name is, um, he blew off three of his fingers, so now he plays with a club all the time, and he's still able to be productive. Yep. Uh, so I think that uh, you're able to put you put a wrap his hand hand up, 
put a give him a little club, he'll still be able to rush the passer effectively. That kind of speed in a linebacker um, is insane, is almost unheard of. He's yeah. a little bit lighter, uh, only two hundred twenty-seven pounds. It's a little bit light for a linebacker, but um, he's he's got the talent, and he's obviously worked his butt off over the years to uh, to be able to play in a Division One school like UCF. So. Tons of respect to him, and I am cheering for him more than anybody else in this draft. Yeah, imagine a guy with his size playing like a hybrid safety slash linebacker position. That guy could lay some people out and have some major sure. major impact. Um, Stoyo, are you a Shaquem Griffin fan, and you think that he can be a make impact on the NFL level? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that speed is key. The league has turned into such a speed league yeah. that you need to have these athletes that can cover a lot of the field. And I would almost play him as a safety. Yeah. And just be probably an all-pro safety within a few years. Yeah, I believe- because under the right coaching, this could be wonders. Yeah. His goal was to rep two twenty-five pounds six times, and he did twenty reps. Wow. Yeah, and that to me just shows all heart that this guy is not only a great athlete, but he's coming in with a chip on his shoulder and a lot of heart and trying to prove the doubters wrong. It's hard not to like this guy. Um, Yeah, the the speed, uh, just for for some perspective, the 4.38 is the fastest of all the linebackers at this year's combine. Only one other linebacker even ran in the 4.4s. Everyone else was 4.5 and higher. Wow. So that's how much faster he was than everybody else in his field. That's crazy. He's in in wide receiver, uh, speed running back, and cornerback range, which for a linebacker is crazy. Come to Chicago, Shaquem. We need you. All right. um, Wyoming quarterback and projected number one overall pick, Josh Allen. Uh, In the combine, he showed not only uh, incredible arm strength, but uh, especially on the deep ball, but also accuracy on the short and intermediate routes. Um, He also showed improved footwork and arm mechanics. Uh, he's 6'5", 233, and he's got the build and the arm strength to be a future NFL star. But the big concern is uh, never had a season of a completion percentage above 56 in three years at Wyoming. So that's uh, yet to be seen, although I think in my my prediction is Josh Allen's the best quarterback uh, on the board, um, but it doesn't come without some risk. Stoyo, what do you think of Josh Allen? Would you uh, draft him? I would not. You would not? I would not pick him in the first round. Wow. You, the, the passing, the, the accuracy problems, uh, you're not a fan of, huh? I am not a fan of. He has arm strength. Yeah, that 70-yard pass was a thing of beauty, but no one was rushing him. This already knew what was going to happen. Yeah. So I'm not that impressed. Yeah, arm strength is fine, but look at Jamarcus Russell. He also had arm strength. To me, when you cannot complete the ball in college, that means a lot. Yeah. The only uh, good starting QB that had sub 60% completion in college has been Matthew Stafford. Wow. Everyone else, pretty much, has not turned out. Yeah, and you're talking about a quarterback coming out of the SEC with less than 60%. Josh Allen's doing less than 60% in Wyoming. So a big difference there. Gavin, what do you think about Josh Allen? Um, I think uh, that Rhett Bomar is what I think about Josh Allen. Do you know Rhett Bomar? No. Oh, you don't? No. That's because he he was great in college, huge arm, sub-60% completion percentage, didn't start in the NFL ever. Wow. That's Josh Allen for me. Um, I think that Josh Allen, the one advantage he has, he's a little bit more mobile than Bomar was um, when he came out in 2008. But uh, it's arm strength alone um, does not make a good NFL quarterback. Uh, you need to have accuracy, uh, anticipation, able to read NFL defenses. Um, it's a lot more than just being able to chuck it 80 yards. Um, so I 
I don't think I wouldn't spend a first round pick on him if I were uh, any of these teams. I think he has the highest bust potential out of the top five QBs in this year's draft. Wow. I mean, uh, I don't know. I think I'm a Josh Allen fan. I think that he can get it done, but the accuracy issues are obviously a problem. Um, but you do want a big quarterback, a quarterback with a strong arm that can see over the line and make plays, and uh, we'll see. I mean, if Josh Allen isn't going to be a guy worth drafting, I'm not really sold on any of these quarterbacks coming out. I see issues with all of them. I mean, let's talk about UCLA quarterback Josh Rosen, um, who made some impressive throws, made some not-so-impressive throws, um, missed some intermediate and post routes. Um, experts are saying nothing concerning about mechanics and footwork, more so just arm accuracy at times. Um, I'm not a believer in Josh Rosen. I saw him play a decent amount at UCLA, and uh, he's, a, he's athletic. He's a decent athletic quarterback, but I'm just not sold on the accuracy. Uh, Gavin, what do you think of Josh Rosen? Yeah, I think he's definitely got some accuracy issues and some decision-making issues. Um, but I think even even more so for teams are uh, his concerns off the field. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's cocky um, and rightfully so. He's you know he's a great college quarterback um, and he's outspoken. He doesn't hide what he believes. And if it happens to be controversial, you know that doesn't matter to him. He's still going to speak his mind, uh, which you know can be can be detrimental to. You have the face of your franchise, which is who you're drafting, if you take him at quarterback. So uh, I think that's going to be uh, could knock him down some people's boards. Um, but I think there are some teams who are picking high, like uh, a certain other GM who was a cocky quarterback coming out of the uh, out of college yeah. that uh, could take him in Denver. Oh, I thought you were going Cleveland there. That's a good yeah. Um. What do you think, Stoyo? Are you a Josh Rosen fan? Would you draft him high? I am. I think he's the best, the second best QB in this year's class. I'm a believer. And I'd be willing to draft him in the top five for sure. So you're you're a believer. You think Josh Rosen is the chosen one? No. That was his nickname in college. I'd like to point out that the combine for QBs is not as important as for different uh, positions. Yeah. Yeah. The number one prospect did not even throw at the combine. Yep. So to me, the combine is more to find out about a wide receiver or safety where you can measure speed. But what the QB does is really what he does on the field, not really at the combine. Yeah, and uh, you made a good point that Sam Sam Darnold didn't even throw. Another guy that didn't perform all of it was Louisville quarterback Lamar Jackson. Um, everyone knows about his athleticism and his his great speed at that position, but he refused to run in the 40. Sites, uh, people asking him to uh, work out being a wide receiver. He said... He was considering running the 40 until all that talk came up, and then he decided not to. Um, he said he's going to save that for his pro day at Louisville. And uh, he did throw the ball, but um, he's an interesting project to me. He, he never played in a, um, a pro style. He never had to drop back. He was always in shotgun. So you're seeing some footwork issues. You're seeing some uh, arm mechanic issues. No doubt he's a great uh, elite-level athlete, but I think he's got some to work on in the passing game. Um, but if you're going to draft Lamar Jackson, I'd say build a system around him. Build a system that makes him feel comfortable and that he can succeed in. Gavin, what do you make of Lamar Jackson? Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you um, with your last statement about building a system around him. I think we're starting to see that with a lot of quarterbacks. Um coming in that has struggled elsewhere. Um, we saw it with Case Keenum this year, with Nick Foles even, um, uh, Jared Goff, mm-hmm. um, all these guys that we'd seen struggle in the past. They get new coaching, a new opportunity. They're able to come in. They're able to thrive. Um, and so I think that we're starting to see a trend in the NFL where um, uh, 
coaches will cater to their young quarterback's abilities rather than trying to make their quarterback fit inside their particular system. And um, you know, we're seeing it be relatively effective. So I think that Lamar Jackson is a perfect uh, candidate for that kind of situation. If you can find a, a coach and a coordinator, they're willing to do that, willing to change uh, their ga- their playbook and their game style to fit you know, an athlete of Lamar Jackson's talent, yeah. uh, then I think they can they have the highest chance of success. Um, and as far as him not running at all during the combine, but I feel like that's very irrelevant. Uh, no one's going to remember it when he runs a four three forty at his pro day. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. We're going to talk about it now, but later on it won't matter. Um, Stoyo, what do you make of Lamar Jackson? Do you think that he can succeed at the NFL level? I know that we know a Broncos fan that wants his Broncos to draft Lamar Jackson. He's all in. He thinks he's uh, the next Michael Vick. I think that he's maybe he doesn't have quite the arm that Vick has, but all the athleticism, and he can make big plays at any level. Uh, there's no doubting that. Stoyo, do you think Lamar Jackson will succeed at the NFL level? I think he will. Yeah. I'm a fan. I think he's the third best QB coming in this draft class. I have him about Josh Allen and Sam Bakerfield. I think he has the highest uh, ceiling, and I would take a shot in the late teens in the first round, early 20s, to get a starting QB at a decent price for for his rookie deal. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I mean... I'll tell you my top five quarterbacks right now. I would, I'm going to put Josh Allen number one. I know you guys are going to disagree with me on my whole top five. Josh Allen would go number one. Um, number two, I'd probably have Sam Darnold, but I'm not sold on Sam Darnold. I think that I saw him turn the ball over too much at USC and uh, not always show up in the biggest game. Um, Josh Rosen would be three. Uh, Lamar Jackson would be four. Um, who's a fifth quarterback that I'm missing here? Sam Bakerfield. Oh, Baker Baker Mayfield. Actually, Baker Mayfield I have up there. Baker Mayfield's probably my number two. And then Sam Darnold, then Josh Rosen, then Lamar Jackson. Um, I think that Baker May- Mayfield brings some intangibles like heart and attitude and leadership. And I think you put... Uh, him in put Baker Mayfield in a in a huddle, and he's gonna get the attention of his team, and he's gonna command the huddle, and he's gonna lead them. He's got the ability to lead in pressure situations. Um, but we'll see. Lots of time to go left here. Uh, Gavin, who is your top five uh, quarterbacks coming out? Uh, my top quarterback would be uh, actually I'm gonna go in reverse to make things interesting. Oh, okay. I'll go with Josh Allen, who I've already uh, <laughs> shit shit all I over agree. for enough. So we'll we'll just leave that at that. Um, my number four quarterback would be Baker Mayfield. Wow. Uh, I I know that he has the it factor that you refer to, um, but I think that Johnny Manziel also had the it factor coming out of college. Um, I think that they have a lot of similarities. Uh, mm-hmm. They're good passers, especially the intermediate and short throws. I think Mayfield is a little bit better at uh, throwing his receivers open, um, has better touch passes, but I also think that he um, has some attitude that could uh, could come into come into uh, contention with his, with his coaches. Um, not being an uh, instant success in the NFL could be a problem for him. Um, but I certainly don't think that he's incapable of being a starter. Again, get the right situation, put some good talent around him. He could, uh, he could definitely be a pro bowler. Yeah. Uh, my third quarterback is Lamar Jackson. Uh, the athleticism is undeniable, um, but there's definitely some accuracy issues there. Um, and also for as much as he runs, um, he's got to learn to hold on to the ball and also has to protect himself to not, too. not get hurt. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. You're, you're putting yourselves out there and making yourself a runner at only 205 pounds. Um, you're you're looking to looking to get hurt. Um, my number two quarterback, I go Josh Rosen. Uh, I think he's got a ton of talent. Um, he's got some accuracy issues, but those can be uh, those can be worked on. Um, I think he's got his mechanics are great. 
um, and he's shown leadership at UCLA. He just needs to make some better decisions, uh, be a little bit more accurate. Um, and then, so then my number one would be Sam Darnold out of USC. I know he struggled a lot this year uh, compared to his previous year, um, but he also lost Juju Smith-Schuster, which was a, a big talent there on his team. Um, and he also uh, had some issues with uh, turnovers, fumbles included. But I think that again, those are things that can be worked on. Um, that uh, you know that are that are easier than the accuracy issues that I see with uh, people like Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, lots of interesting uh, picks to be made upcoming here in the draft. Stoyo, what is your top five um, coming up? It's the exact same one as Gavin. <laughs> oh, yeah. Would you guys just meet up together secretly to plot against my top five? I Pretty see what much, you yeah. I see what you guys I are doing here. This is an obvious top five. So, all right, spell yours out again. At number five, I have Josh Allen. Okay. I would not draft him in the first round. I wouldn't even draft him. <laughs> I don't know. Brett Bomar got drafted. Just use a late round pick on the guy. Yeah, but what's the point of drafting someone in like the fourth round or something? Ask Tom me, Brady about that. That's the sixth round. Kurt Cu- <laughs> Cousins was fourth <laughs> round, I believe. Yeah, he was actually. Yeah. But that's really, that hardly ever happens. So I would not even grab Josh Allen. Then I have Sam Bakerfield. I don't believe one bit in him. He is going to be a Johnny Menzel out there. He's uh, better. I gotta. Uh, I need to jump in here and defend my boy Baker. Um, I think that he's going to come in with a chip on his shoulder. I think that he's tired of people doubting him. I think that you put him in the right situation. I think the perfect situation for Baker Mayfield would be Denver with that defense and with those weapons already in place. And then give him a guy to coach him up like John Elway. Give him a guy that he can talk to about playing at that level in Elway. And uh, Mayfield's either going to do one of the two things. He's either going to pull a Manziel and be out of the league in two years. And people are going to say it was never going to work because of his attitude and stuff like that. Either that or he's going to be a contender and he's got to he's got to prove it. He's got to work hard and he's got to want it. I think that he's got less off the field issues than Manzel had coming out. So I don't think that that's a great comparison. Um, but we'll see. Um, I'm, I'm reading a scouting report of, of Sam Bakerfield, which is now his name for the rest of the <laughs> Yes. Um, Still over there. Yeah, I started. I don't know why you're calling him Sam Bakerfield, but I absolutely love it. <laughs> That's what I'm gonna call him from here on out. But here's uh, here's a scatter report I'm reading about his um, gritty gunslinger, um, excellent mobility, dodge sacks, escape pressure, extend plays with his feet, and throws well on the run. Also picks up critical yards on the ground and adds the value of being a dangerous threat on third and short and third and manageable. Mayfield is undersized in the NFL with just average arm strength. He can have issues reading defense because of his height, throwing into tight windows, and have a big adjustment to learn to work under center, call plays, and operate a pro-style offense. Yeah. That sounds exactly like Johnny Manziel. Yeah, and in the same way, you're going to need to build a system around him. You can't just plug him into any system and expect him to be a prototypical drop-back passer. He doesn't he, – that's not who he is, and – uh they're, he's a little bit in the same boat as Lamar Jackson. They're going to have to have a system that benefits them, have the perfect situation, and have excellent coaching to get the most out of them. But I'm a believer. Um, NFL draft prospect Michigan's defensive tackle Maurice Hurst, diagnosed with a heart condition at the NFL Combine, did not work out and left to undergo further testing and determine the seriousness of the condition. Um... Hopefully everything is okay and comes back uh, okay and he can continue working towards his dream of playing in the NFL. Stories like these, you kind of put aside your team interest and just hope for the best for the player and the individual. He's put in so much work to get this far. And uh, on the bright side, in 2013, we had a similar issue with draft prospect Utah's defensive tackle star Lutalele 
dealt with the same issue but was cleared and then drafted 14th overall by the Panthers. So best wishes to Maurice Hurst. Um, NFL referee Ed Hockley calls it a career after 28 seasons as a ref. Hockley worked multiple playoff games and two Super Bowls in his career that started in 1990. And one of the most notable games he officiated was the Leon Lett Thanksgiving touchback game versus the Dolphins. And uh, he said he had, quote, no idea what was going on <laughs> when that <laughs> happened. So, um, yeah, you guys got anything to add? Uh, it's sad to see uh, Ed Hercules uh, no longer <laughs> being an official. I've never um, heard that before. That was a good one. Uh, it's, it's always enjoyed uh, watching him officiate. Um, Jeff Triplett also retiring. Yeah. Um, not so sad to see that douchebag leave. <laughs> um, but it's, it, it's, it's going to be weird seeing uh, not seeing him on Sundays officiating. Yeah, and the difference is Hockley actually got the calls right for the most part. And uh, Hockley, I, I mean, Hockley, way to go out on top with that uh, performance in the playoffs. <laughs> I also would like to add that whatever I said about Sam Bakerfield also applies to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> <laughs> is that his alter ego? Yeah. <laughs> you guys are wrong. It's all about Baker Mayfield and Josh Allen. That's the future of the no NFL way, right dude. there. So. Those two are going to be out of the league <laughs> in two years. Hey. I I was all about Deshaun Watson last year, and he he had success before the knee injury. So we'll see. Yeah, so was I. I <laughs> thought Deshaun Watson was a clear pick in the top five. Uh, I guess some other people had different ideas. Yeah, those other people being Bears management. Yeah, looking at you, Pace. So all right, well. Another excellent week. We've got some uh, major guests coming up here in the near future, so stay tuned. We'll keep you posted on that. And uh, we'll be getting more and more into free agency, more and more into the draft coming up soon. So uh, thanks for coming on, guys, and we'll be back on next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a comment or a like. And uh, good job, guys. Thank you for having me. Yep. Again. On that note, we'll see you again next week. Peace out.